morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Garage Gym PT. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed Labor Day. Uh, we know we did. Uh, but Dave and I are back, and we're, we're here to talk to you guys today a little bit more about a topic we kind of figured everyone would enjoy. Um, we've chosen to talk about Marcus Philly's, um, I don't know if it's his company, his program, uh, but it's it's Marcus Philly, it's Revival Strength, the functional bodybuilding uh, group out in, they're in, was it San Diego? I think he's out of the Bay. The Bay? Okay, that's fine. Couldn't remember. Yeah, but this one's, I say, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you where he's exactly at, but no, this, this has a special place next to me, um, just in regards to having used the Awakening Training Series, so I figured this would be a, a cool one to talk about. Um, although I yeah. don't necessarily agree with his use of the functional bodybuilding, but yeah, I think it's a very good transition from like the high intensity, basically interval training of CrossFit into something that's a little bit, uh, I don't even know what the word is. It's like it's like a step down, or like like revival is a good way to say it. Mm -hmm. So the problem, obviously, with going balls to the wall for three, four, five years is you inherently just kind of burn yourself out. And you can possibly like experience adrenal fatigue. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of the response to that as he was a former, like multiple times games athlete. Yeah. I mean, he does have a, quite a resume when it comes to fitness and especially CrossFit. That's for sure. Yeah. I think he did even like grid league stuff and it was all once again, how fast, how heavy and for time. I didn't know he did grid league. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I think he did it kind of like off-season stuff. Shoot. If I'm remembering right. Say. Yeah, I, I guess let's let's kind of get into what what is it, what are kind of like the properties of it, and what's it meant to do. Yeah, so I guess kind of leading it off since we've already talked about it, the, the Functional Bodybuilding Training Program. Um really just kind of takes bodybuilding principles and applies it to what they would call like quote unquote functional fitness. Um, I've seen a lot of different things, including uh, there's strength training included in it. There's hypertrophy work, mobility drills. He does have some conditioning in it, but it's not like a, a huge focus. Um, but kind of like you were already saying, it does kind of bring you into the, the low level kind of CrossFit type training. Uh, but also has a lot more isolation work than you would traditionally see in CrossFit. Um, trying to think. Then he's also got the revival. He's got the um, revival strength has an online CrossFit program called Persist. Uh, and that's, that's more for like, you want to stay more true to the CrossFit aspect of everything. Um, not quite so much like the functional bodybuilding. Uh it has a lot more Metcons, but the Metcons aren't designed to crush you. Uh, I think hence the name persist. Um, he's got some good information out there too on like why he programs the way he does. Um, Cause I guess he also like, you know, going through the trials and tribulations of becoming a parent, running a business. Uh, he experienced a lot of burnout 
And so he basically tried to give himself some form of a way that he can continue doing what he loves without feeling a lot of the aches and pains that kind of came a lot with the, the high intensity type training um, or the heavy loading that's required for certain sports. Um, yeah. They said it's like I, overall volume, like having yeah. like a CrossFit background. If you want to do anything now, and it seems like even if you want to make it to just quarterfinals, I think that you're starting to train 10 hours plus a week. Wow. Like it, it really just seems non-optional mm -hmm. as far as like that sport's concerned. And I think that this is a really good answer to decreasing your volume, decreasing your intensity and transitioning probably for better uh, body composition as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know he talks about, you know, you want to look good, but at the same time, you want to be able to play with your kids and throw them around like beach balls. It's like, oh, it's kind of cool. Uh, look good, move well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, hence his, his motto, look good, move well. Uh, he actually also has a podcast, by the way, uh, called. I think it's actually called that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's the name of his podcast. Uh, so if you guys want, go ahead and take a look at that as well. Uh, it's actually pretty solid. I've listened to a few episodes. Uh, he brings on some good guests. Uh, it's entertaining. Um, but another program that you would see kind of on the, the functional bodybuilding website, um, the Awakening Training Series, which I actually have used this and I loved it. Um, so it was kind of an interesting time because I, I had torn my pec and I tried getting back into CrossFit a little bit too quickly uh, after I had my surgery, which was just, oh my gosh, you want to talk about not fun, tear your pec. It was just horrendous. But uh, tried jumping back into the fire a little bit too soon, irritated a few things, didn't like the way I was feeling, was feeling really just out of it because I couldn't train. I wasn't enjoying my, <laughs> my recovery process very much. A little impatient, kind of funny because I had just gotten out of PT school. Uh, actually, I think I remember venting to you about this specific, yeah. <laughs> specifically in October. Uh, and I found the Awakening Training Series and I did a full year of the Awakening Training Series. And I absolutely enjoyed every single day of training just because it made me think about, you know, my movement patterns, what were my mobility restrictions, where was I weak at? Like it was definitely more quality over quantity, but it's still mixed in like, like nuances of CrossFit that kind of progressed me back into that. And like, as I went from like part one, all the way through part three, uh, I could feel myself getting back to like the old me, if that makes sense. And I, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think he does a good job. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like his outline is typically let's focus on the main lift and then it's like some accessory work uh to build around it and then usually it's kind of more of like a heart rate or like interval based metcon where you're keeping intensity low mm -hmm. and just going for quality of movement rather than amraps or rounds for time or you know a certain amount of calories you want to hit or something like that and he actually has examples of these workouts up on his website. If you go to functional slash, or I'm sorry, functional dash bodybuilding.com, he actually does have examples of free workouts. If you go to put in your email, uh, he'll send you some different examples. So if you want to check it out for yourself, I highly recommend it because 
I'm still doing what I love. And I, I do attribute a lot of that first year out of using the awakening training series. And then after that, a lot of it was just kind of getting back in the swing of things and, you know, going through programming that helped me to where I am now. Yeah. And I think some of the tools that he uses to kind of build position, as I know, he's huge on tempo. He's huge on pauses. Um, I'm not sure if he does like rep maxes or any of that type of stuff, but I know that like he's a huge proponent of definitely using tempo monitoring load. And then yeah. he almost like uses the tempo as the way to periodize it rather than just straight up load. Yeah. He he's kind of gotten in. I think he even posted about this on his Instagram. He was talking about how he's gotten away from the one, the two and the three rep maxes. And he's almost utilizing more of like a, like a what's five to like eight a, rep max or something. Yeah. Like oh, I'll see if I can find it. Um, but I know it was just kind of interesting to see his like shift on this because he's gone from such like a high competitive athlete and being a, uh, a CrossFit, you know, games athlete for how many times um but yeah here it is so like he he thinks that like if you're going to do anything like he'll do five reps um more of like a strength central power and raw strength and he says 15 reps hypertrophy heaven so it's like i mean i, I can understand that though you know as you age sometimes the one two and three rep maxes maybe aren't necessarily going to be great for overall joint health but at the same time like if you want to push load you have to be able to get underneath a one two and three rep max yeah like obviously you're missing like the neural stimulus there but i mean it's really not that different from like that 20 rep max squat program like once you get like that that mm -hmm. heavy or like i guess that that long of a set yeah i agree i don't know if i've done anything else Hmm. Besides a one, two or three in the last like year or two, like, I don't think I've done like a 20 rep max for at least a year. I'm not going to like build to like an eight rep heavy on like a variation, but it's usually secondary. And it's much more of like an accessory, but it's not like a primary. Yeah. Kind of hits on all cylinders. Then I feel like you're getting a lot of different systems involved with that. Um, Oh, here we go. This is a good one. So last but not least, uh, one of the things that I do like about uh, Marcus Philly is how dedicated and how, um, I guess you could say, educational he is on uh, nutrition and like just like lifestyle balancing. Uh, like he he's very transparent about what he eats and he's very transparent about like how he feels when he's not necessarily working out, but also how like as he's going through maybe a particular like change in his training, he, he puts that out in a blog post. Um, so like when he started having kids, how he said, like how his training has shifted. He talked about how he wasn't eating great, how he started to feel because he wasn't eating great. Like there's so many different things that he was just kind of like being very like, you know, honest about and how like he doesn't want everyone to think that just because he, he, he's this high level athlete, like, like he's immune to these things, but he, he's not, um, yeah, he, he, has he humanizes a, himself for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he's got yeah, a lot of cool things on his website on uh, like recipes and uh, the Persist Nutrition is up there too. But he always posts like different recipes I always want to try. Yeah, he does a very, very good job of making his program holistic and actually feasible for like the everyday athlete. Mm -hmm. 
and like again like the caveat is kind of somebody who's shifting away from this stuff and is starting to see more of like their career take off and they need to to spend more time elsewhere whether it be Mm -hmm. with kids family getting married etc and it and it creates a lesser barrier to feel good right Mm -hmm. so of course with like some of these sports such as like you know even powerlifting uh crossfit obviously you just keep throwing hours at it but you're mm-hmm. you're starting to get towards that 10 15 20 hours a week if you truly want to be competitive at it mm-hmm. whereas this is kind of like hey what can i get done i have 75 minutes and how can i maximize it and i want to say that there's even like other camps like ryan fisher has something that's very similar to functional bodybuilding um, yeah. but it focuses and it, it like shifts your um, primary to moving well, building muscle mass and basically being resilient to aging. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these guys even shift their, their cardio stuff, right. From spiking the heart rate to kind of managing your heart rate in that zone two, zone three, even like accumulating a, a bunch of steps on a daily basis um as your primary mm-hmm. means of getting your your heart health which mm-hmm. also positively affects your body composition relative to just doing intervals and high intensity and spiking your heart rate super high hmm. it is kind of nice to kind of see that like i don't know how you feel sometimes when you don't do a particular workout or like there are days when like I look at what's programmed and I have no desire to hit a Metcon that's got any kind of like Olympic lifts or because let's just say I'm just the work week has just worn me down. And then I get to that point where like my body is not going to be able to sustain great movement patterns. So I, I usually will go for more of like a, a a single single modality type like conditioning. Like let's say I just get want to get on the assault bike and I just want to do intervals there um, or just going for a walk up a hill or finding a, a staircase and just doing that instead and just kind of setting intervals for it. Um, that is one thing where like, I don't know if you feel like bad about that, but sometimes I, I guess feel like maybe I'm missing out on something, but then I think, no, like I'm still hitting like what I need to for my heart rate. Um, I'd say like in the, in the framework of like trying to be a competitive CrossFitter, that is when I would feel bad about it. But for instead, like right now, mm-hmm. just trying to be strong maintain health and then get into the gym about five days a week i'm i'm kind of on board with that because i've increased my work hours and obviously as like a result you can't sleep as much mm-hmm. you're burning it kind of at both ends so this caveat kind of fits my life right now mm-hmm. relative to just doing really high intensity stuff yeah but well, you spoke on something that's pretty paramount there um in picking your spots to where you can do intensity mm-hmm. so everybody's week kind of has this like cyclical rhythm where i would say like you have high stressor days low stressor days bad sleep good sleep and you kind of want to marry your intensity with those factors and then recognizing that like when you can get in your intensity usually mirrors when you get most sleep and you have the least amount of stress placed on you mm-hmm yeah that's how you get better results too that's true i think that's why i liked using the the whoop so much when i had it um 
it just kind of gave me a little bit more of an insight. But I feel like over the the year and a half that I had it, I kind of got better at, you know, my the awareness that I had of just like how my sleep affected how I felt and just how crappy whenever I would drink a little alcohol, I would feel also. Um, but I, I definitely think that's been like the paradigm shift with my training as of late is I'm kind of on the same boat you are where like I, I'm focusing on, you know, sustaining muscular performance with weightlifting, but then I'm also incorporating, you know, conditioning in a form that that kind of fits what I'm capable of so that I'm not like, and I probably could even go the opposite way around of doing like conditioning that I need to do. And then the weightlifting that I'm kind of able to fit in. Um, but I feel like it just depends on what your goals are, but I do think maintaining muscle mass is, is important. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's just odd. Cause like 10 years ago, I wouldn't have thought about like, I'm, I'm not going to ever be able to like, I, I shouldn't say I'm not ever going to be able to train at a high intensity. I can still train at a high intensity, just not as often as I would like. Yeah, um, your frequency has to drop there and it probably yeah. should within any program that you do, but I, uh, I, I agree hundred percent with what you're saying. Like as you shift your focus, it seems like the things that you need to do more as you get older are maintain your muscle mass are maintain like your CNS response. And then you have to do some sort of conditioning to maintain your ability to recover mm -hmm. as well as support the, the volume that you're doing. Right. So within the caveat of even using like what we do with the speed work, um, doing intervals that are going to be, moderate to high intensity for 15 to 20 minutes is very valuable for recovery getting back under the bar mm -hmm. whereas of course the sport of crossfit is all your ability to maintain your intensity so you know obviously yeah. your your goals dictate your training style yeah i agree i definitely think my training goals have shifted quite a bit over the last 10 years uh Actually, what was scary is uh, earlier when we were out in Baltimore visiting my little brother, um, my mom found some pictures of me when I was playing rugby at UD. And I looked at the year and I was like, oh, my God, that's that's 2013. That was that was 10 years ago. Holy crap. So it kind of caught me off guard. And uh, just, I guess, thinking about that now, how I used to train getting ready to play rugby every year. Um, to now just kind of sustaining and maintaining my overall fitness. It's, it's, a, it's a big change. I never really, and I went back and looked at some of my old like rugby training programs, just how different the weight training was. Um, just, just kind of a big eye opener. Cause I guess I just subtle, subtle changes over time, but I didn't really notice like a huge change, but I look back at it now. I'm like, Holy crap. It's weird. Yeah. And I, and I can't really remember anybody who's preaching this type of, uh, message meaning mm -hmm. like uh, train with like specific hypertrophy to avoid injury while still mm -hmm. trying to progress your strength I, I cannot think of a guy whose like message that was yeah, like it seemed to be very very camp oriented like you just did bodybuilding you just did powerlifting you just did high intensity stuff where you were just a triathlete like there wasn't too many people who were like trying to marry the the programs together to get like a desired outcome yeah like a, a jack of all trades i mean crossfit to a degree but not not into the competitive sense yeah not not 
from like an overall health and like I don't want to call it injury prevention, but um, injury consideration. Yeah, like a more of a preventative as opposed to a reactive type deal. Which exactly. is kind of a cool paradigm to kind of live by if you think about it. You know, how many how many people do you know are actively in like I think there was like a study done by the federal government where it was like only 19% of Americans exercise. Like we need more of that. I I guess it's just kind of odd to think about because like I know like I think almost all of my friends exercise or do some form of general fitness. Like everybody. But I can't think yeah. of like Hmm. Yeah, like looking at my phone and stuff, I think there's not too many people on there that are sedentary people. No. Like if I go through yeah. my text messages, I mean, a lot of them are my friends because of it. Let's take a look. Yeah, here it is. So... Data in 2019, right, in the United States, approximately only 23.5% of adults in the United States met both the aerobic and muscle strengthening at fit, uh, at, no, wait, hold on a minute. Yeah, met both the aerobic and muscle strengthening physical activity guidelines. Wow. Where less than 51.6% met the aerobic activity guidelines. Don't know what those guidelines are, so that might be worth looking into more, but that's pretty sad. I forget what it was. I think Huberman uh, or Galpine was talking about this the other day. And it was something like, it may have been as little as like 200 minutes just kind of doing something in like the lower zones, meaning like walking. So like if you go cut your grass and you're at 60 minutes, you've already gotten the majority of your minutes like it's just like it, it was something that was like extremely low or yeah. if you make any effort to go hiking like you you can hit that in a day yeah are you talking about like hitting zone two cardio meaning like the aerobic threshold was something like zone one zone two cardio accumulation for 150 mm -hmm. to 200 minutes per week yeah 150 to 200 that's what i I think I remember that from this episode. It was it was something that was extremely reasonable. Mm -hmm. Just go for a walk. Although there will people there will be people who will tell you that walking is not a, a high enough threshold. Which I could see that in like an extreme athlete, maybe walking isn't going to be enough to elevate their heart rate. But at the same time, how many people are extreme athletes to the point where walking isn't going to help them? Yeah, I think and of it course, it's, it's more from like the body composition paradigm than it is performance. Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, at the end of the day, if the walk is what gets you a little bit step further in your fitness goals, why would you why would you not like use that? Uh, I know you actually helped stem me into taking walks at lunchtime. So like there are days sometimes when I have a little bit of extra time and I'm not doing notes, put my headphones in, I put a book on and I go walk down the bike lane and I come right back. Nice. Yeah, and and there's there's some other really awesome studies that show like if you do that like after a meal, it like stops your insulin response from being so mm -hmm. high. So then as a result, you feel like you have more energy, you have less fat accumulation, 
um, there's tons of reasons to do it. Yeah. Little, little family walk, little family time. Why not? That's right. I don't think many would like that very much. Hmm. No, but I think, uh, since we can elaborate a little bit more on this, um, you know, what would be just some like low level entry points for people to get into exercise? Just because, I mean, you know, Marcus Philly sets a pretty good example, you know, with the different things he's utilized with his training shifts. Like, I guess some of the different things that maybe you and I have done over the years, like obviously when we were in PT school, we we had that that luxury of having time outside of class to go work out besides studying. Uh, yeah, I'd say minus gosh. the first year, it was pretty doable. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, now that we've kind of gravitated more into the work-life balance where, you know, you work in the clinic 40 plus hours in a week um, or work for some aspect of your your company, whatever you do for work, um, plus, uh, you know, having to maintain a family and take care of the dogs, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things that kind of go into, you know, a, a whole life. But uh, there are ways, so like, I guess my my what I'm leading into here is what would be just some low, low hanging fruit or some low entry points for people to kind of maintain an active lifestyle uh, or maybe what you've done to maintain, like what steps have you taken to keep that as a part of your life? Um, I mean, my lowest barrier to entry is like having a garage gym so that there's never mm -hmm. an excuse to not have it in my life. Mm -hmm. As like, I'm sure you, you do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously like my general goals are a little bit different and higher than most people I'd say our age that like, I kind of have the expectation of a minimum of four and a half to five times a week. I'm out there, mm -hmm. uh, in particular strength training, I think people do three is kind of like your minimum entry, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe two whole body days. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah um like i said i almost kind of like have like an active eye on like the clock and i'm like well what can i get done within 75 minutes and it's usually some version of like a main lift and then i'll pick like two supersets of accessory work that kind of bolster that main lift and then usually it's 20 minutes of conditioning unless I have something to do like cut the grass in which case that kind of serves as like my accumulation of cardiovascular that day mm -hmm. yeah I, um, I would say I'm pretty similar yeah it, it it seems it seems maintainable um for what I want right now and it's it's a it's a positive like I don't feel really beaten up mm -hmm. um I don't feel like it's not sustainable. I mean, obviously like there's some adjustments that you're gonna have to make in your life to make it a priority, but it, it can be done. Mm -hmm. Like I even have a patient who I, I like a lot. He runs conjugate and he just does um, two days upper, two days lower. And then he just tries to accumulate 10 to 15,000 steps a day. And he's in his forties and he's just killing it. I think one of the biggest things you can do is just kind of get a schedule down, get like, like your time management. Uh, yeah. Let's make it non-negotiable. Exactly. It's, if, if you're not going to put it down on your calendar as a priority, then it's, it's never going to be a priority. 
Um, I think that's one of the things that I've kind of, cause it used to just be a, like a natural habit for me where like, I would always just, just work out. I would go to the gym. I would just like, if I didn't go, it was just an odd day. And now it's like, now that I have so many other different things and responsibilities going on, especially the fact that now, like I'm traveling for work, um, like making sure that like wherever I'm staying or wherever I'm going to has a gym available, or I have a CrossFit gym really close by that I can go to and drop in at. Um, so like, I'm trying to make that a priority, even when I have um, maybe a, a little bit more of a full schedule than I would like. Um, even if it's just 20 minutes, it doesn't even have to be an hour. That's what I think people out there understand too, is like, you might not have a full hour to dedicate to working out, but if you have 10, 15 minutes and you can get a little bit of work in, it's still going to put you a step ahead. Yeah. And, and think of it as just like you're, it's a dividend in the future, right? So like exactly. a 60 year old that can like move well, get off the couch, still have vitality in their life is, um, they're an outlier. Mm -hmm. Like guys, you just figure out what you have to do and how you can like progress this. Right. And a lot of it will align with like your, your lifestyle and what you prioritize. Right. So like, if you, mm -hmm. if you schedule in a workout at four 30, don't let anything deviate from it. Mm -hmm. Like if, if you're making yourself accessible to like sales calls and like all this other stuff within that time frame, then it's a, it's a recipe for failure. Mm -hmm. Now look like kids are completely a different thing. Like I'm not going to say that they're not because it's a living being that is reliant on you. Mm -hmm. but you you can set your phone on silent that call will be there mm -hmm. like take that time for you and it's one of the more positive stressors or outlets for stress that you can actually like have mm -hmm. i think that's a good point i think getting away from a phone sometimes is hard for people uh i like right now i have my i have my focuses that i like to use I was not even remotely aware that focuses were a thing on phones until Alex Trotter showed me. I felt old. I felt really old. But I'm actually started... not even sure what that is. <laughs> yeah, they're actually pretty nifty. You can it's like right now I have a focus going on for podcast recording. So the only person that can get to me is my wife. Funny enough, she get, she already got to me. Oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah. Well, I like them. I enjoy them. I got it for a lot of different tasks that I need to get done. And only certain people can get a hold of me. So it's nice. Yeah, that's not a bad idea at all. Nah, but anything else you want to add on today's topic, Dave? Not really. I think it's just more of like, a, guys, there's a natural shift away from intensity as like your life actually gets more intense. So then you're not going to be able to I don't want to say, like you'll still be able to do the things that you could do. It's just with like less frequency and you really have to pick your spots and like tailor your recovery around it. Mm -hmm. Just that's the way it goes. Um, of course, unless like you have a life that's just like picture perfect and you work 20 hours a week or whatever. But for most of us, that's not reality. No. No. Well, yeah. We hope you guys enjoyed our, uh, our review today on Marcus Philly and his, um, his, I guess, programs and his company, uh, revival strength, functional bodybuilding. Um, but we will see you guys in the next episode.